got a story about there's a fucking mosquito you want me to try and where is it uh it's near the door it's like there somewhere but i lost it i think it's near the wig on your bag oh the wig near the wig so when you disturb the wig it should fly away somewhere uh fantastic damn it i see yeah, i saw something and i lost it as well this is good blooper footage. Try and find the fly in the studio because everything's still recording. This, this is our Breaking Bad episode. Where this is have the fly. behind the scenes. <laughs> well, the fly is one of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. It is a very good episode. It's, yeah, uh, but even like critically, they say, yeah, yeah, it's the best. Uh, exactly, because like it takes a good show to have a filler episode still show character and be good. Yeah. Well, nah, that's good. I think that's how we start. Perfect. That's it. We're in the podcast now. Welcome All back right. to Barzy Burns Down the World. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, fellow comedian, Paul Preuchart. How do you, how are you supposed to pronounce it? Genuinely, that is pretty close. Okay. Ideally, if you are able to, you roll the R uh, like the back of the throat, that Preuchart. Preuchart. I can't I can get into a whole nerdy thing about phonemes and linguistics. That's probably for a separate Unless no, 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 dude, if you're like, you want to nerd out about something, go for it. Like, dude, conversation right. is, like, this is literally, we can talk about whatever we want. Linguistics, sure. language, and conversation. I've got stuff on the agenda <laughs> for that. Very, very riveting stuff. I was, was going to say, just, it's the way you said linguistics, it seems very unlike, kind of, what I'm aware of you kind of talk about on this podcast. But let's start there. Let's start there. Let's, Fuck it. Yeah, oh, okay. Easy. All right. Uh, what a way to start. Um... Yeah, so back in my... I studied psychology for my undergrad. And for one semester, we had this... What was it called? Unit on psycholinguistics. And pretty complicated. A lot of it went over the top of my head. But I do remember some really interesting things. Um, for example, phonemes. I always struggled to, with where to start with context. But basically, a phoneme is the smallest unit... Of language so a phoneme is that what you said that's the word a phoneme okay never heard that word before no I, well it, it was that's why it was interesting because okay. i learned something new which yeah. explains like relatable things yeah so p t b f like all of those are a phoneme just that single sound okay and apparently from memory there's something like 120 ish phonemes that humans could produce but every single human language only uses about maybe 20 phonemes so if you don't grow, so as a baby, you can hear and distinguish every single phoneme, but as you grow up, you, you lose that ability. So unless if you grow up bilingually, you will never then able to be able to produce those phonemes. Right. So you're saying that, I guess, okay, so it's all subconscious stuff, like the, the recognition of the phonemes and all the sounds. So even when yeah. you're as young as an infant, you're still like, even in the back of your mind while developing, you recognize that. Does that mean by definition, uh, people who grow up in a household with multiple languages, two or more, are just inherently smarter? <laughs> I mean, in that type of intelligence, yes. I don't know if you would say that they're overall smarter. Well, I mean, the ability to distinguish two different languages, like that's why it's easier for uh, children to learn more languages or like two languages than it is for adults like if we were to, if we were to pick up another new yeah. language like let's say we were to learn um uh danish yeah that yeah. is a language yeah, it make is a sure. language. yeah good i just can, gotta can confirm make sure make sure if we were to learn danish and pick it up now from no knowledge 
And at the same time, we ran an experiment where a small child also picked up Danish. And oh, the child the, would be way faster. Yeah, and like that. And it's like, they don't have, I guess, learning techniques. Like we've, the only edge that we would have is growing up learning how to learn. But because it's all subconscious for them and it's easier for them to learn, they would still win. 100%. And even if you practice your whole life, you would by definition not be able to make certain sounds, which is the whole point of why I started this, is that's the reason that you can't do the because yeah. you just didn't grow up with it and now you can't go back and ah. learn that. But is there just no way to learn or is it just really hard to? That's a good question. And yeah, I don't think we dive that deeply from the unit. Yeah. I think it's impossible but that's a strong start, so... There we go, fantastic. All right, so we we planned introductions. Hey, this is how I know Paul. This is what we do. Fuck it, out the way now. Let's have a pseudo-intellectual conversation, pretending we know what we're talking about, languages, and now we're going to get back into the regularly scheduled programming. So, how did we meet? We met in November of 2021. Correct. Which, as of now, is last year. Yep. Almost a new frac... Almost... A Almost year ago. In fact, a year ago now. A little bit over a year ago. Yeah, a little bit under a year ago. Under? Oh, no, 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, not November yet. We're going to break the illusion of when this is recorded because this, ah. be, this is going to be released two weeks from now. I think. Even then, I think we were like the very last week in November. Yeah, because it was in the 20s. It was like there was like the yeah, 21st. Because I think the actual. We did a course. We did a comedy course to. I can tell you why I did it. I actually, I've never asked why you did the course, but we'll get there. Um, I did the course because yes, I knew how to learn because we're stand-up comedians. Um, very, very professional. And, and, uh, I did it because I wanted to make connections. People like you who are at the same starting point, you know, like a beginner level. And I guess the course was a good way to begin networking, you know, like, meet someone who runs a club who does a course is well connected with other people and everyone else who's starting off would you say that that is similar to how you approached it i got a similar thing out of it but that's definitely not how i approached it well, tell me and how I, you approached it yeah i'm curious in a second to ask more about yours but i never really thought about doing stand-up myself ever really it was um what i did enjoy was public speaking so through uni, I just kind of realized whenever I had a presentation that, oh shit, as long as I'm remotely interested in this topic, I can just make it my own and be expressive and not be like every other monotone, nervous ass, boring guy up there. Of course, of course. Or girl, you know, anyone yeah, yeah. who is up there. Um, and then when I was at my previous company, I joined this thing called Toastmasters, which is just like a group gets together on a regular basis twice a month to practice their public speaking. And through this group, through Toastmasters, I met Adam Sparnan, who is a comedian on the Melbourne scene. Yep. He was, he was also the photographer for our course as well. Yep, exactly. Okay, that good. was that guy. Yes. And simply the fact, like before I even ran into him, the fact that somebody told me there's a comedian with us, that just like sparked my interest. I was like, okay, shit, how did he do that? And as soon as I even knew one comedian personally, I mean, we spoke virtually, but you know, personally to that knowing that like, like knowing someone at all like speaking to them so i've got something that relates to us in the course there were like online sort of i guess questionnaire shit i yeah. saw you answered everything in like <laughs> yeah. immense detail well this ties back to what i said before about linguistics not because of the linguistics but because of the fact that i'm a fucking nerd who, yes yeah I'll do if you couldn't guess by the ned flanders appearance 
<laughs> which yes. is one of my favorite gags as well. Yeah. Which I have to thank, uh, what's his name? Andy, I think, who gave me that. Andy, uh, was it? Oh, fuck, I can see the picture of his poster yeah, with the cereal it's, it's bowl. Burial. It's Burial. Andy Chambers. Chambers, it is, that's yeah. it, that's it. Um, so yeah, he once reckoned that I look like Ned Flanders. And since then, on a regular basis, one of my lines is just, people tell me I look like a German Ned Flanders. And as long as there's more than three people in the audience, at least one section of the audience will laugh a lot. Yeah. So not everyone agrees, but enough that it's like a... It's like a good introductory starter. Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, it's better than my own. I tell people I kicked a pregnant woman. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you do have the left hand. Yeah, 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 there's that too. Yeah, I've got got to work on a lot of my material because after one of the writer's rooms, because we also regularly go to... um, like I said, it's like a afternoon sort of writing session with other people who are at our level. And after listening to people who are way more qualified and experienced than us, you look back at your own notes and you go, oh, fuck, what I've got is dog oh, shit. 100%. Yeah. It's a good reality check to have. Uh, and it's not like, not that it's discouraging, like, but it realigns focus. I found that for me. Do you agree with your, like from your perspective? In, in some ways, yes. Like, in, just in the sense that if I just look at a single show of someone who's doing like a fringe or a comedy festival show, or even just some kind of pro comedian show, instantly I look at my material and be like, it's going to take me years to get there. Yeah. Like, God damn it. But as soon as you get that one fantastic laugh for that joke, it's like, fuck yes, I am the best. That, I am a comedic genius. 100%. You feel better than everyone in the world. And then you take it to another club and it does nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had that experience this week. Wednesday, bombed for two and a half minutes. And thankfully, that's all I got because anything more would have been more pain, but mm-hmm. painful. But then Thursday, one of the best gigs I've done. And that's good it goes like that sometimes yeah i mean i guess it's it's whoever's out and about what day of the week what club what area at our level i mean like, that's their very major factors at superstar level like a list of stuff they don't have to worry about that shit <laughs> they're in a whole different world same industry but way above yeah i mean people come to see them with the intention to laugh so that alone already makes a big difference yeah which is not meant to say that's the only thing going for them they've obviously done a lot of work to get there it helps it definitely helps it it, it does um and even well that's probably why the the videos because at the end of the course that we did uh there was a live performance and you know it was like i get your friends and family and to see what you've done and not it's kind they were there to laugh they were there to support which was good for the footage when it was like so when i told the alec baldwin joke right never got a reaction like that before and haven't gotten a reaction like that since. Yeah. And I've been pursuing that, been chasing it. And actually... That's... Th- Sorry, you go. Yeah. Um, there was a post on Alec Baldwin's Instagram, and it was a picture of the cinematographer going one year ago. And it wasn't even like a rest in peace or in memoriam or like anything. It just said one year ago. It was kind of strange. Yeah, it is a bit. And going by that post in the timeline, that means it was like barely a month after it happened when i was like hey disaster funny (laughs) (laughs) which looking back is like you should be able to joke about things that are that recent there is a line but it's our job to test the line and push and see how far we can get and i know your material isn't always like that like going for that angle but do you have an opinion or perspective on pushing the line 
in your humor. This is probably where I'll come back to what I was explaining to Josh before the podcast, which is in general, I'm very slow to form opinions on things. And once I do, they're not set in stone. They're not extreme either. But I think just kind of surface level, I definitely agree with some level of testing boundaries. I think I don't comment personally on major news events, mostly because I just don't follow the news and everyone else does it anyway. So I'd have to like really be better than everyone to to make it stand out. But I do still have some jokes that seem to be testing boundaries because uh, like in Frankston on Thursday, it worked super well in uh, Red Betty. I've done a couple of times in, in Fitzroy or Brunswick. They make people uncomfortable. And so, what are the top, without knowing what the jokes are, because you don't want to burn material, obviously, but like what were yeah. the, the topics, I guess? One of them is kind of spying on ladies as a teenager. But okay. All I, right. I, I, I thought that I made it absurd enough that you wouldn't get uncomfortable. But I suppose this is where the whole thing is of some people's stance is some topics, the topic is off limits. Yes. Which I definitely disagree with. I think the whole point of conversation is to bring to light um, even just disagreements or is, issues or just humor in general. And I feel like in some ways, we're never going to convince each other of certain things being funny because some things are just more funny to some than others. And I just sometimes wonder how that works with offense. I feel like one issue right now is a lot of people, often white guys are offended on behalf of a group, but that group is actually not offended. Like if you make a certain jokes about, I don't know, let's say for example, Indians or gay people, and then there's the white guys who are offended on behalf of gays. Like, you cannot say that. But then you tell it in front of a gay guy and they actually fucking laugh their ass off. That's actually like, completely accurate. Like, I had a joke that was, uh, like, not of, like not sexual, but it was uh, sexual humor. And the best reaction I've got is from someone who was very, not very... Um, they, they were a drag queen. Do you remember? It was... Um, was it Abril uh, Latrine? Yeah, 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 we can name names. Yeah, yeah Abril okay. Latrine, yeah. yeah. I've seen, yeah. I've, I've so, met them, her or him, met them, them, them once. Yeah, I've, I've, is it him? Is When it's drag, drag is male dressing as female. Uh, There's okay. no... Is it always? I think. Is, well, <laughs> I, well, think. I guess, I, mean, but, I don't know. I think, no, no, so for the most part, I think you're right. But yeah. it would be fun if ladies dressed as men, is it? Yeah. That, that, does that only happen in movies? I can't even think of a movie where that's happened. I can think of White Chicks. Uh, she's the, the, the Man. Uh, no, that's that's one where... Um, I forget the actress's name. <laughs> but she wants to be on a soccer team or something. And then she uh, goes into this university. Pretends to be a dude. And... Oh, uh, shit. There, I just thought of another one. I just don't remember what it is. It might have been something Middle Ages where someone has short hair. And then it can convince themselves... Convince others that they're just a young boy. Or... Uh, oh, it even happens in Lord of the Rings where, like, one of the characters... Um... I am no man. That yeah, 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 yeah. That, that character, yeah. Uh, not Galadriel. Galadriel's the elf. Do you know much about Lord of the Rings? A little bit. I've actually seen a lot of summaries recently. Just YouTube re-watching... Like, not re-watching the movies, but reliving them through commentary and yes. things like that. Okay, that's good. The commentary for them is fantastic, oh, too. 100%. Uh, magic. <sighs> I don't know. Arwen, maybe? There's, there's a female I character. I think it might be Arwen. Yeah, yeah. so Arwen goes, uh, I want to fight. And they go, no, you're a woman. She goes, I'm more, more than capable. And she dresses up as a man and literally like kills the Witch King. All spoilers for a movie from 20 years ago. Fuck off. Shut up. 
I bet you no one was even like complaining about that. I just wanted to throw an insult. For n- <laughs> you got to. No reason. Insult the straw man. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not. I guess it's not very common. But to go back to people in drag, um, yeah, like the joke that I had was it was a, not a sexual joke, but it, it, like a a funny word. It's so hard to talk about material without saying like the the joke yeah um i mean look like for the sake of if, if it aids the discussion like i mean this is up to you because it's your joke i'm yeah. happy to just say the joke if it yeah okay okay so it was um the word no nah, i'm not gonna say it uh i'm gonna leave it, it for the stage because it's good it's a good it's one of the good ones that get a reliable laugh uh, if there's someone is it the, am i supposed uh, to say it uh, it starts with a g, g- yeah okay, yeah, yeah yeah so that joke so uh admiral latrine had the best reaction to that joke because i guess they're more sexually open as a person so right. they were able to appreciate it and react in a positive way but your average white guy straight white guy would could sit there uncomfortable or like wouldn't be as comfortable with openly laughing at a joke of that nature yeah so and another example is like i went around because i've already said on the podcast plenty of times that i work with a whole bunch of colombians at a warehouse and I went around asking them recently about what they think about white people using the Latin X uh, prefix uh, uh, instead of Latino and Latina. I always thought it was like in my head, I was read Latinx. I don't know if that's Latinx. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Latin X. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. So Latin X is just like gender neutral for Latina slash yeah. Latino. Yeah, because you have to be uh, accommodating of all the genders, even though uh, Spanish speaking countries have a lot of gender labeled languages well, i mean so does like german words. but i think it's pretty stupid not because of gender politics but even just why the fuck does a bridge have to be female like, who gives a shit what yeah. things are yeah and then yeah. you have to remember them there's rules about it okay so, so it's all interesting we could get into a whole language discussion uh, but there's other <laughs> there's sorry. heaps of other things <laughs> on the agenda i will right. show it for the next hour because cool. we're gonna Easy. do two hours of these and that's a good one okay good that's fucking right in your nose not right now but like uh, eventually um yeah so they think the whole idea of purposely going out of your way to change someone else's language is disrespectful in the sense that they didn't ask for it they that's how they grew up that's how they've uh learned how to speak and there's nothing wrong with it it just it is how it is uh but uh, are you saying that Latin X's didn't come up with the name Latin X's. We invented that. Yeah, it was white people. Uh, I am I am a hundred percent sure. I could be wrong, but I'm sticking by my uh, white white man privilege of yes. What I say this, goes. This reminds me actually of a really interesting other discussion where my dad and I had a bit of a debate. So in Germany, there is a cream filled chocolate that's pretty common, which is now known as Super Dickmanns. Uh, like super fat man's, but it's just his name. It used to be called Negerkusse, which, as you can probably tell by the sound, means Negro kisses. And it's a little bit going in that direction because it was never meant. I mean, that's a that's a whole thing as well. It was obviously never meant in some kind of derogatory way, but it was just a language. Could, it was language, but having said that, on the other side, you can also say that things that aren't 
Like, it's the whole argument of, oh, I didn't intend to do something. It can still be bad without intending to be bad. True. Which is the discussion it raises, I guess, which is why it's interesting. Um, like, the Dutch, and I don't know the details of this, but they have a version of Santa Claus having a little helper who's black, and everyone does blackface on Christmas because it's little Black Pete. That is very <laughs> funny. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, and so, like, Dad was furious because he was like, oh, but it's been, it's been Negakusa my whole life. Why should we change the name? It's like, well, listen, Dad, look. Yeah. And Firstly, settle down on the hard R there. <laughs> but secondly... <laughs> It's culture now. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm actually curious in Germany's case whether it was white people who changed the name or black people raised the issue. Like, it, it, in the end, I think it just depends on how black people would feel about that. Hmm. Could you even really go around asking uh, people from those groups without... Oh, not without seeming right. If you go with like, hey, we're having open discussion. I'm doing a survey for this. What are your thoughts on that? Like, you'd have to present it a certain way. Like, you couldn't just storm up in front of someone and say, hey, what do you think about this? And then if you go with aggression, they'll obviously they'll respond with aggression because that's just how people are. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Someone has just come up in my face aggressively. Oh, yeah? dude, for sure. It's like road rage. Everyone yeah. is fucking angry at each other. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know road rage. I don't really get road rage. I just... Neither do I. Yeah. Well, because you don't drive. <laughs> you don't drive. You are a child without a license. It's a decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's a decision for everyone. <laughs> Actually, I, I brought a L-plate driver onto the podcast, uh, and that's he hates it when I refer to him as that. But, like, we discussed the, uh, the whole R-plate uh, thing. Do you know about what that is? I know about L and P. I don't know about okay, R. Okay, so this is a... Is that like restricted 18 plus? No, so... Uh, it's not... No, 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 So, the R plate is designed for traumatized drivers. So, if you've recently been in an accident or if you're anxious on the road, you, you have the option to display the R plate. It's not government controlled. It's like a personal social thing. Uh, unfortunately, the R plate... Everyone thought of it as the retard plate, but uh, the other guy, his name is Michael, uh, he brought up an excellent point from the perspective of someone who's still learning to drive, is that if you're not confident in your ability to drive, get better or don't drive. 100%. Yeah. And he was within his, like, I guess within his rights to say that because he's like, oh, no, you're just an experienced driver saying it's like, no, 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 no. He's in the group of people that are learning to drive. If anyone can display that opinion, it's him. Yeah. So it's not, um, <laughs> it's not like a, oh, only black people can talk about black. Things. It's not like that, not that major, but like that yeah. same of logic of, Hey, he's part of this group. He can have this opinion and it's valid because of this. Yeah. I um, realizing now I should have briefed you before or like thought of it before about forming the opinion thing so we can we can segue and move on before I try and ask like hey what's your opinion because we know we've established that you got to form one unless you've got well the the best that I can do is as we talk about this and it does help is just to kind of comment on individual elements of it okay and through that eventually I might start to form one okay um so all right you've been in a car accident and yeah. you're now nervous to get back onto the road do you put the plate up to let other drivers know or do you work on it yourself and I guess not hide undercover as a regular driver? But I guess, like, what even is the purpose of the R plate? To are warn people, people, just to warn people, hey, I'm anxious on the road or hey, I've 
I'm bad at driving. But then you might as well have a drunk plate and be like, hey, I'm, I'm a drunk driver right now. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's a good perspective, actually. Yeah, put out your D plates. I've had a bit to drink tonight. <laughs> it's like, it actually helps the police. Yeah, like... <laughs> I don't know. It's just if I think about what it's trying to achieve, I don't know whether it does that. Exactly. Like, it's like it's like a nothingness thing. It's yeah. Like, like I like theoretically, if I am someone who's able to drive, something I've always been fantasizing about. <laughs> if I see someone with an R plate, one of two things might happen. Either I'll be slightly more respectful, or slightly more disrespectful. Well, I mean, well, some people will do that as well. Yeah, but, I know a lot but of people. Also, there's just that in between of people have places to be and they're always going to be in a rush and not give a shit about safety. So they might see the R plate and acknowledge it, but then still go in like, oh, he's not going to be, he's, he'll be fine today. Yeah. He'll be fine today. It's I'll like be. people who go out of their way, not to harass a lot of drivers, but to like disrespect them in some sense. Yeah. Uh, so it's just overall does not sound like a good idea. No, I, I th- like at this stage of the discussion, I think I'm inclined to say that I agree with Michael that, um, it would be good to practice and get over that trauma so that you feel comfortable, but also so others don't have to worry about someone else being anxious on the road. On the road, yeah, good. Well, because in the end, it's about like literally life and death. I just realized the uh, the D plate as well could also be for drugs. <laughs> there we go. It's like, hey, watch out, guys! I've had a bit. <laughs> could be anything at this point. I've done. Mic- I've mixed. Step out the way. It's just kind of like that whole thing of, and I'm obviously exaggerating here, but that thing of being aware of some kind of flaw which then makes it okay or like a movie being self-aware about how shit it is and oh suddenly that magically no it doesn't no it doesn't fix it no yeah that's another that's a good angle to look at the r plate yeah it's old news but like it was relative and also i thought of the d plate link and then the drinking and drugs and it's a very very clean and addressable segue to get into drug stories because it's another thing it's another thing we both share a curiosity for uh i guess illicit substances and i guess other people's experiences of it uh i know you've partaken a lot more than i have so you've got a fair bit more life experience than i do also you're older than me well it, well that's literally the same thing yeah it's the same Be- thing being older yeah. is having more life experience but... well i mean there's some people who are who are like I guess uh, don't do anything with that x-ray yeah yeah <laughs> but but i know you have and i know you've got stories yeah. that you can share so please the floor is yours where would you like to start oh man um Look, it's a pretty open thing. Like, obviously, I'm pretty tempted to get into the whole London acid thing. But, I don't know. Okay, you know what? I'm always interested as well in when did you have your first A, drink? And B, the first time you were proper drunk. Okay, so the first... We'll start, like, Okay, we'll start. We'll go, yeah. Good call. The first drink I had, I think I was three. (laughs) (laughs) It might be an Australian culture thing where... um, parent or the grandparent goes yeah try this oh, it's just sure. a vb and have a swig yeah. um but actually like consciously choosing to drink uh 17 um i know people who started at 15 i know people who started at 11 <laughs> <laughs> and it shows <laughs> it really does show wow um and did you enjoy the taste of beer or most alcohols at that time no nah, beer is notoriously bad tasting unless that's the only thing you drink and that's like what you rely on to get drunk uh i've always preferred bourbon um and looking back at like when i was 18 19 drinking jack and coke i'll drink it now and like it would have nowhere near the same effect like the building up of tolerance as what happens with all substances it happens with uh like yeah illicit non-illicit 
like yeah like eating caffeine people don't realize they and then suddenly they're having six cups of coffee a day dude 100 like i'm the opposite i'm genuinely at a point where because i only have any form of caffeine once a week fridays i treat myself to a green tea and that does it for me a green tea fucking gets me up and energetic for the day really yeah you nerd it, well, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd <laughs> I'm going to oh, turn up this weekend and have some tea. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's glorious. It's because Fridays, I always change the system, but like now Fridays is the one day that I go to the office with this new company. Mm-hmm. And so, because I'm a big napper, I can't nap if I'm at the office. So that's the one day where I give in and have some caffeine. And yeah. yeah it, 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 it really hits. Yeah. I've, I know that the safety warning on the can of Red Bull says have no more than two a day. That's how I'll start my day sometimes. I just like, fuck it. I drink two cans of Red Bull, have the maximum um, level of caffeine of what you're supposed to have in a healthy range. I don't think the two is for the caffeine. I think the caffeine is fine. I think it's the fact that you're drinking a shitload of sugar and a bunch of other stuff. That's okay, not good for you. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works is my point. Right. Uh, and people are desensitized. To that. Like caffeine is a drug just as much as alcohol is and just as much as weed is just as much as lsd mdma any of that it's and i know we're kind of delving into another category here but it's it's always a question of dosage in the sense that even things that you wouldn't consider to be substances if you have enough like if you have 20 billion apples they're going to kill you if you have a tiny bit of cyanide it's not going to kill you you know how many 20 billion is (laughs) that is such a big number (laughs) and you're like I know, you're like, I gotta pick a big number, and you went with 20 billion. You know how much 20 billion side. apples? I'm that they're gonna kill you somehow. But... I think 20 billion apples would overfill this house. Studio! Studio! <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Um... Two of them, at least. <laughs> 20 billion. Come on, bro. I have to be on the safe side. Yeah, <laughs> very fucking safe. Yeah. We're safe at 10 billion. <laughs> hey, I'll stop harassing you about the apples. Right, okay. Um, so we're trying to where did we get we got sidetracked uh, from cafe drugs step by steps okay so we had beer so that was your turn yes um look I'm, I'm pretty similar like basically every time i went to a restaurant with mum and dad when i was like six seven years old they would at least give me a sip of alcohol yeah never enjoyed the taste but i would have a sip um it's probably important to note that this wasn't in australia it was actually oh it was in australia yeah, so, i thought i thought it was in your teen years that you moved uh so bit of background for the listeners and for you i guess at this point too yeah i um, should know this though I, <laughs> <laughs> I should know i grew up very interspersed between different places because dad kept moving with his job mm-hmm. but basically born in hong kong and we're not going to go through the whole history but actually fuck it do it yeah go. but it doesn't okay so yeah. hong kong only stayed a couple of months, so moved for, to Munich, stayed a year, Singapore one year, back to Munich for another year, and then to Sydney for five years. So that's where this comes in, mm-hmm. where I spent a lot of my childhood growing up in Sydney. Okay. Frankfurt, or like a little town near Frankfurt for four years. Uh, sorry, no. Yes, actually. Uh, four years. Uh, Singapore another year. Hamburg for two years. Back to Frankfurt, that's where I finished high school for three years. UK, Canterbury slash London for three years to do my degree, Hamburg for half a year, and then Melbourne, where I've been living since just before New Year's 2018, so like 2017. Okay, all right. Very well-traveled. Yeah, pretty, yeah, interesting. Yeah, definitely, yeah, very different to many, like most people that I know, like they'll spend, they've spent their whole lives uh, locally around here. Yeah. yeah, Knowing, like, let alone 
other towns, let alone other cities, let alone other countries. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been pretty fortunate in that sense. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's good, man. So yeah, first beer. Oh, what like what about the first Wait. like conscious? Uh, yes, I want to drink. Thirteen, probably thinking of it. So yeah. I just moved from Singapore to Hamburg. And while I was in Hamburg chatting on MSN to some of my mates like Chris in Singapore, he was telling me about how those guys had like their first proper drinks together, getting all fucked up. And like one of them was so drunk that he was going around taking his pants off, being like, who wants to see my dick? And Just normal 13 year old things. Exactly. And as yeah. a 13 year old, I was like, dude, it's not about the dick thing, but that kind of crazy night. Why don't we do that? So it took us a little bit longer, but after about half a year to a year when I was... 14 that's when i had my first real hangover like drinking kind of proper experience you know that was when you were relying on uh asking the slightly older kids to hey man can you buy us some alcohol definitely done that and they definitely shouldn't have bought for like that there's a story that i'm thinking of where it was a sketchy guy at a skate park that agreed to buy alcohol for 17 year olds and looking back that was pretty fucking dangerous yeah. yeah no there's definitely a lot of dangerous shit just to get drunk yeah it's just it's weird i don't know i, I want to say it's human nature i feel like it's some human's nature to just want to be a different kind of consciousness some people don't but you yeah know. they just want to escape from reality yeah yeah exactly and I, I sometimes question why i choose certain highs over others for example which i'll, I'll dive into as well oh, looking forward to it um but yeah basically dad hosted a massive party for a mix of the champions league final and i forgot what the occasion was but it was a big party there yeah. was alcohol and i was old enough that dad didn't mind me drinking so dad was fine with it mum was fine with it but i remember seeing a lot of shocked faces on the other parents and the other adults yeah seeing this 14 year old boy who i felt all grown up but like to them i was this baby pouring myself vodka shots and just having wine <laughs> yeah man because i started the night with a beer with my next door neighbor who was just a year older than me so we were both all proud like oh look at us we're having a beer i hated beer so much that i couldn't even drink a whole bottle I, oh, like i literally yeah. it was just disgusting yeah it's just like bitter and just it wasn't great because when you're a kid you prefer sweeter things yeah so i guess maybe cider should have been the way to go it, it it would have been, and it was eventually, yeah. but I didn't know about it at the time. And yeah. I didn't have that many options, so... We well, also weren't supposed to really know it. Well, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's That's true. kind of a major <laughs> obstacle there. <laughs> well, I guess they had, like, flick flux, like, it's like this fig liqueur kind of thing. Okay. We didn't have it at that party, though. So at that party, options limited, I discovered that, wow, if I drink beer quickly, I don't mind it as much, but it's still disgusting. So then I figured, if it's going to be disgusting anyway, I might as well have shots, which I did. And I had a really good time. And then I felt shit the next day. As is the standard. You got the full experience. Exactly. And rather than getting into trouble, because obviously dad let me to begin with, yeah. he uh, was like, oh, look, it's your first hangover. Ha ha ha. Like kind of joking about it. And <laughs> fucking legend in many different ways. Yeah. Um, Honestly, that's probably the best way to learn in a safe environment. And it's better to, as a parent. I'm not a parent, but like, I, I yeah. use my, my opinions <laughs> on parenting. It's better as a parent to go... Hey, this is a safe environment. I'm looking after you. If you want to try something new that you haven't tried before that could be perceived as dangerous, you know, I'm here to look after you. Safe environment. Explore. Go for it. And he did exactly that, which I'm very grateful for. So probably, yeah, not going to ruin his good name in his banking career or whatever. But <laughs> uh, after that, he knew 
Well, I don't know if he knew or how we got there, but yeah, like I was interested in weed because I had a friend from that age who was outside that party who told me that when they went home to Italy, they were from Italy at the time. Well, they, they, were, they are from Italy. Oh, we <laughs> get it. Italy. You've traveled the world and you have international friends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and he was telling me about how at home he had weed and he was just describing to me what it was like. And the way that he described it at the time was something like, like all of your worries just disappear. Everything is... I was going to say funnier. No, everything is funny, period. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't stop laughing. Uh, and he sold me on it. Like, yeah, well, When you pitch a substance like that, it's like, hey, there's, like, nothing bad about this. Obviously, if you want to get well, someone to do something, you don't tell them the bad things about it. You tell yeah, them the good things. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a salesman thing, but... So, yeah. I was pretty intrigued. Sorry. Was- no, 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 that's all right. Sorry, I go. Uh, uh, don't, don't, like, don't backtrack <laughs> on my backtrack to stop right, and interrupt right, your right, own story. Right, go. All right, thank you. Um, all right, no worries. So yeah, from that, I think dad probably just gathered that, that I was intrigued by. Like we were open about, you know, even if I haven't tried it yet, that I'm interested. And it never ended up coming to this, but he offered to me, uh, he had a lot of stoner friends who support this football club called San Paoli. Um, it's like there's, uh, 90% of people probably don't give a shit, but there's Hamburg has its own soccer team. But then there's the red light district of Hamburg, which has their own soccer team way more niche and kind of hipstery and punky but like a lot of people go to the football and smoke up in the stadium see you said that like on my percent of people don't care doesn't matter just say your say your yeah. thing like go into detail it's fine nah, yeah. easy all right yeah. um should i expand on that or? uh that was enough oh. i was just like trying to like <laughs> right, i was i was trying <laughs> like but don't, in general, don't right. doubt yourself in if people are interested it doesn't matter you and yeah. i are talking cool. the, the audience is a byproduct of what this is this is for you and i easy okay right. so just cool. we're having yeah, a conversation think... that just happens to be an audience yeah perfect yeah? But don't yeah, stress i agree that that's probably enough information on the football point is he had stoner friends and so he offered me um around that age i don't think he even set a limit he was just like maybe for your 15th birthday that was it uh he offered me to come along with some of his mates and have a uh like a controlled introduction to weed which is how you're supposed to do it regardless not regardless of age but like obviously there's a minimum age but like if you've never tried the substance before and let's say you're in your 20s it is a good idea to go with someone who knows what they're doing has had it before safe environment set everything up and to have that I guess, like, educational experience, I would recommend it to anyone who hasn't. Would you say that you've had that with a lot of substances? Uh, the ones you've tried so, so far? yeah, alcohol, that was safe environment, friend's house with the cool parents. <laughs> uh, very, very common. Uh, even first time trying weed, that was at a party. Uh, everyone there was stoned or drunk to some extent, but the person who was teaching me... Uh, he knew what he was doing. He knew how to introduce it to someone who'd never had it before. And he was a very good teacher. Mm. Um, and then, like, I didn't speak to him for, like, three months just because, like, schedules never aligned. And then I was like, hey, look, look what I've done. He's like, whoa, you've gone off the fucking rails. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't even that bad comparatively. He was just shocked of, like, what that, I guess, memory led to. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so I was able to be like, no, 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 look, this is how I do it now. It's like, and now I'm teaching him things. Mm. And it's like, hey, now we're like, now we do this together. And it's like a shared interest or hobby. Oh, yeah. Nice. So um, you were saying about, like, you were going into how 
did you actually try it at this like event or was it i i, I probably would have taken him up on it but i ended up not and for uh, i guess two separate reasons the main one which i'll get to in a sec but the first one also i was just thinking mindset yes it's controlled but as a teenager anyone's parents friends are just these strangers that you don't really they're just get... like adults yeah, yeah they're, they're like just, big big people they're big people yeah, that i have it. nothing in common with yeah. and so even though i i appreciate the idea i don't think i would enjoy myself that much okay enough fair because it's like if you're in if you were with mates and like you weren't going too far you're like oh it's all chill for the evening perfect yeah yeah exactly there's so, no uh, social pressure either yeah yeah it's just it's all chill unless you know you got shit friends but like <laughs> but like not, I, not the I point i had interesting friends most of them were good friends i had one guy who was just very much like uh i don't even know how you describe it definitely a narcissist just a lot of bullshit stories um just the whole thing of you know as a teen you want to be cool you want to impress others but even despite that i was still honest in in a lot of ways but he was the kind of guy who was just like Oh, on the weekend I had a bottle of Jägermeister because I can handle a lot, and oh, I got seven blowjobs or whatever, like just that whole thing. So, have you ever seen the Inbetweeners TV show? No, but I've heard good things. Okay, so there's a character Jay, and he's like he just yeah bullshit. That's like his personality. It's like, oh yeah, I fucked that bird. Oh yeah, I uh, I did this. Oh, I drank that. Oh, I did this, and they they just call him out as bullshit all the time, like that character type. Yeah. It was like exaggerated for the show. It was like not parody, but like for the comedy of it. And people like that actually exist. They do. Like from and your story. People barely called him out on it just because there's no point. Like you yeah. sometimes, if it was us three and he would say something, we might give each other an eye like, oh, this again. But like there's it's no like, point. It's like, just move on. It's like, it's yeah. not worth the energy. Exactly. He just has to be seen in a good light. Um, but I'm actually very thankful to him because... We were planning for my 15th birthday coming up soon. For what it's worth, it's not, it's on October, just to set the scene. So it's like, start of October in Hamburg, 2011. What's the weather like? What season are they in? I, well, October is, Germany is uh, kind of autumn, so autumn. Autumn, there you go. See? Yeah, there we go. Part of saying oh, scene. I'm actually reliving the memory now. Yeah. Um, and he already had the intention of trying to find me some weed for my birthday, which would have been on a Saturday. But then after school, it was a Tuesday, I'm pretty sure, he, I was going to say he, that's why it sounded he, uh, <laughs> a third friend and myself were chilling on a park bench that was just kind of near the school, it was our typical chill spot, and holy shit, he fucking pulls out a baggie of weed right now, he has it now, Yeah. and they're about to smoke some, and he's like, oh dude, I mean, I know you probably want to save it for your birthday, I'm like, fuck no, I want to try no, 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 now. let's go, so, right yeah. to our place, let's fucking do this, yeah, yeah. and it was glorious so they were rolling it and mixing it with tobacco at the time and that's just... they got into general smoking which i never did no. but what i did do is i would at least try a few puffs of everyone's cigarettes here and there because you yep. know as a non-smoker you get the tobacco flash kind of like how i get the caffeine high with the green tea yeah but because of my non-smoke because i'm a non-smoker i also had moments where i had slightly too much tobacco and i just felt terrible Yes. For a good hour or something. I've it's... never understood the whole tobacco nicotine thing. I know that I've got some level of addictive, addictive personality. And if I try something or get into it and I like it, I'll just go hard. So mm. I can't afford that with cigarettes. They're expensive. Dude, absolutely. So when we yeah. were like in, this was in ninth grade. When we were in eighth grade, we made a pact 
Because, you know, everyone in the year above us was starting to smoke. So we made a pact like, oh, that's stupid. We're never going to smoke. Next year comes around. I stick to that fucking pact, but nobody else does. So all of my friends are smoking now. And I try some puffs here and there. Yeah. It feels nice if you get that tobacco, flat, the nicotine high. See, when people mix tobacco with weed, it doesn't... I don't like it. I, I agree. Yeah. That, and that's why. So for the first <laughs> 10 minutes, I felt a bit weary because I think it was just the tobacco. Yeah. And because it was my first time, I wasn't sure what to expect yet. So I just kind of felt, ah, oh, not great. Um, but then we walk up this hill to go to the local shopping market to like go to Burger King. And suddenly in the semi-distance, in the, like in an opening of where a path leads, we see this douchebag from the level below us riding on his bike, turning to see us and laughing but then because he turned to see us, he crashes off his bike. Classic. And in that moment, the high hit me. And it was the nice. funniest thing that yeah. I've seen in my whole life. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't That's just... That's how you know. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just laughter. I can't even describe it. It was just this... Feeling. Like, yeah, it was yeah. this feeling. Like, laughter was the only thing that existed. Mm. Um, so that was a great fucking way to start. And then as soon as that happened, walking felt different. It's like... Things that yep. I wasn't looking at, things behind me, don't exist. Like, You're describing this so fucking well. Like, well, well, we had this like chat about linguistics and language at the start, <laughs> and you're just like proving all your merit now because, like, uh, yeah, you're just like spot on nailing it. Nah, thanks. Well, I'm curious to hear about your first time experience too. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get to that. So, um, yeah, yeah, well, you finish yours and then I'll tell mine. Perfect. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just this double thing of literally physically nothing behind me exists, and it just felt like this cool bubbly kind of thing. But then even just emotionally, like, I tried to make myself, as an experiment, think about the homework I have to do later, but I couldn't care. It's like, I know it's a thing, I can't care, boom. So my friend yeah. was right. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think that's why people uh, state how it alleviates any sort of anxiety, because it's that's just the nature of it. Like, you feel more relaxed, in a sense, so you don't have the, the I guess, mental capacity to be anxious, unless... You're the kind of person that we doesn't agree with, in which case the anxiety... That's the thing. I'll come back to this. My body has changed over time where it's become something I disagree with, and then I've come back around to it. So I'll, really? Yeah. I'll, I'll, so I got, I'll, I'll get back into that later. Um, so, on, like, that's most of the story. But then at Burger King, we have a bit of a freakout moment because, you know, it's not just shopping that happens to be near the school. It's the shopping center where people go. So coming around the corner... Is my mum. Oh, no. <laughs> we're all just, like, digging into this fucking extra-long chili cheeseburger, which, side note, is the best fucking Burger King burger that doesn't exist in Australia. Um, digging into our cheesy extra-long chili cheeses, bloodshot eyes, laughing, and then suddenly we see mum and we just put our hoodies on and, like, hide. <laughs> and I think we If anything, that was more suspicious. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we weren't thinking straight, man. Clearly. But <laughs> Oh, shit. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think she knew. Um, and then later I came home. I think I did some homework. I felt reasonably sober, but, like, chilled out. So, no, yeah, it was a great introduction to weed. Yeah, um, awesome. So that's but, a lot much better one than mine. I, so I, there was two parties happening, and I was at one for six hours, and the second was for another six hours. The first one was drinking and getting drunk, and the second one was getting stoned. So my first experience was crossfading, which wasn't... It's not ideal for trying uh, for the first time, but it was like, a, I guess, a sort of a taste. 
was it your, <coughs> sorry was it your first time being drunk as well no 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 okay, no, no. So this was in, the, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so at that point i'd been drinking at parties for like three years so alcohol I was familiar with and right. but weed i was not because i just the only way to get it is to just know people yeah? yeah so i was like starting to know and meet new people that were in that realm um so after trying it with like crossfading it didn't it didn't discourage me but it did peak more interest so i was like okay like i know what it could be i know what it's supposed to be i know what it feels like now where else can we go like the curiosity of it was just fueled more mm. so a couple months later um I get the opportunity to try it again it's like fuck yeah let's go no no mixing let's see how it's supposed to be and i'm actually like don't remember what the specific story is like i don't remember i don't have an exact distinct memory like your burger king story of trying it with friends just straight and what happened i'll have to like really think back in the memory banks and get back to you on that one yeah i'm curious um but there's more like obviously after that it's like okay like let's see not how far can we push it but like what other circumstances can we be in with it so we've tried tried edibles uh the first time tried it didn't do anything it was just brownies uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were duds um but it was funny because there was a sort of placebo effect for people who were who thought they were getting stoned so they were acting it but we knew it was bullshit uh, right. uh, but they were the ones that made it so they were trying to convince us that uh it was i don't know guys it's working just give it a minute like i'm feeling it now <laughs> it's like come on i've had nine <laughs> come on Holy it's just shit. brownies yeah um damn but since then, you know, you get the freedom to grow, grow and learn and explore and people should have that freedom to, I guess, learn about themselves and go for it. Yes, you don't have to have drugs to learn about yourselves, but it helps. Oh, it definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. It's like how uh, people take ayahuasca to like, not, not heal, but like, uh, I don't know much about it, so I can't really talk more. Um, but it's like, I guess that's, it goes LSD, DMT, ayahuasca, or maybe there's elements of DMT in ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, but something along those lines. Yeah. So like in terms of, uh, psychedelic scaling, it's like weed, mushrooms, um, LSD, DMT, ayahuasca. That's my understanding of it. More or less. And I've recently yeah. learned from somebody at a party that in Melbourne, you can actually do, there's like this toad that you lick a toad or something and it gives you like an insane high. Tell, like me Tell me about this after. Tell me about this after. I will have to, yeah. Yeah, 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 please. Because I want, I'm, that's, you've got my interest. <laughs> no, like that immediately, I, I heard that and I was like, fuck, what, I, I gotta join this have conversation. You, have you done it? I have not. I don't even know where, I don't know what it's called. I don't mm. know how to find it. But if I, I don't have them on Facebook, but if I meet this person from that party again, like I could ask them. Yeah, yeah, organize and, that. We should go lick some toads. <laughs> It just, it just sounds so close to saying like a turd yeah i know it does it's kind of where yeah we're like pushing towards nah nah that's good uh, drugs i don't know if not not if like what the legalities are for talking because i know if it's illicit substances illegal where we are but i mean i guess if we say this is all satire and performance i know this happened How, yeah we just surprise we're comedians yeah. and it was all fake uh, no, nah, that's good. Uh, I 
I, I want to address that we don't want to dive too into too far into the London LSD story because I can see the timer now and I know uh, we can save it for another time. Save it for another time, but there is something coming there. Yep. However, what I, what I wanted to segue off from that was a conspiracy theory that I now subscribe to. <laughs> it's a complete change of topic. Is that there anything you want to wrap up with in the drug stories? Then we'll get to it. Uh, I was just, if anything, going to comment on protecting the whole identity thing. I've thought about this before. Like, mum always gets very nervous if I even make the slightest drug reference on stage, for example. Like, I tell her about my stand-up. Yeah. But, like, do but you... But in the end, yeah. like, there's no proof of us owning it. Like, yeah. It's kind of like the whole CCTV thing, but CCTVs aren't usually someone looking live. It's more like, if an incident happens, then they can go back. Yes. And... So it's always rolling, but it's only referred to if it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, it's like, okay, like name the last five people in the most recent lineup that you went to can you so where i was purely yes yeah, so when, when you perform no, no like when you like the most recent performance oh, okay yeah so that lineup, was thursday so lineup. like can you can you like recall the last five people that record like that performed there was only six of us that day so other than me i can name all five okay but okay now because we're in the industry actually as an audience member if you're going just to see it's very unlikely that you'll remember. Like, it's hard for, like, when we, even when we're networking, the yeah. remember, like, attaching names to faces. It'll take a couple of times to do it. If the audience only sees you once, like, we get different audiences pretty much every single time because we don't have a following or a fan base. Yeah, we're just mm. base-level comedians. So it's not a problem. We can kind of... Yeah. It helps that we can say and test what we want. Yes, there are negatives towards that for we don't have that consistent fan bases yet building towards it as evident here oh, 100%. yeah but um the ability to say whatever and however uh to new audiences it's, it's like it's a tool for us now. yeah yeah agree and yeah it helped that i happened to know most of them beforehand so yeah as yeah. an audience i would never remember all five names yeah. of like a new comedian to yeah see. it's like it's yeah and if you're not famous it's hard to look up as well it's literally just go by memory which helps us if we say something fucked or <laughs> bomb exactly. and it doesn't help to have a weird german name that i yeah. probably could use a stage name but yeah. i don't know i just I like to stick with it yeah. but yeah let's have it right yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so this this change of topic uh you know are you familiar with jack the ripper yes okay so yeah how so he's a serial killer he was a serial killer uh, he was never caught i believe Yes, just confirm. Yeah, I asked you if you're familiar. I'm going to run by well, facts. I know the Rage story. I don't okay, know. Okay, so I believe that Jack the Ripper would kill prostitutes uh, late at night and never got caught. That's my understanding of the whole mythos. I now subscribe to the theory that Jack the Ripper is actually a woman. Okay. Now, my evidence is that there's a hypothetical that goes around of, all right, if you were to commit one crime and it would never be committed by anyone else again, what would you do? Now, the people go dark with this. So when you say, so I have to invent something that- No, 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 like if you, if you let's say you rob a bank, yeah. and because you rob the bank that one time, for the rest of human history, banks will never get robbed again. Oh, so I can actually kind of help humanity by yes. prevent, yeah. But you, you have to go, if you really want to make a change, you have to go dark. Well, I mean, I guess genocide, because that's in terms of just mathematically, I'd be saving the most. Well, fuck this. Fuck. Okay, so you see, you see yeah, how good so, this is. Because if I kill 
I don't know what the minimum requirement is to be considered genocide. If I the whole race. So okay, let's. If I try to do a loophole, right, and I establish a country which happens to have a population of ten people, and I kill all ten of them, maybe that's genocide because I killed a country. Yes, but oh, I mean, it's so ironic that you pick genocide. <laughs> that's probably why my mind went there on some level okay um, but let's say i establish a country you know what if i establish my own country i can just say population one i kill the one person that's genocide because i killed a country's worth of people and now no one can, will ever commit genocide again exactly okay so it still sucks for the one person and for their family if yeah. they have any but i've saved countless lives there's yeah. no way to know yeah there's no way to know but okay yeah. so following that line of logic if jack the ripper was actually jacqueline the ripper and was murdering prostitutes late at night this now raises awareness so that women don't walk around by themselves late at night everyone knows that it's a danger so now they've prevented or like now created this idea that it is unsafe to walk the streets late at night as a lone woman and they've now done a public service to the rest of the world. But they've also created the danger to begin with. Yes. So it's <laughs> yes, so they have. Literally, the other day, I was reading this article on The Age. Like, I don't read news much, but every now and then I'll just pop in for a second. And there was this article on saying how to deal with anxiety. And some of the first lines of the article were, people are feeling very anxious because of all these floods and political unrest. But... As a newspaper, you're creating the anxiety by reporting on these things to begin with. So it's like, not an oxymoron, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it's like, you're generating awareness for it, and that creates positive and negative attention. Yeah. So like, if people never read the news, and to, oh, be wary of this person, A, they wouldn't be wary of this person, which is bad, but B, they wouldn't be worried about being wary of this person, so they keep living their lives as normal. So I was tuning out for a little That's okay, that's okay, that's okay, to... that's alright. Yeah. So, it's like, if... Oh, I'm concerned. Now, now, now I see that the world... That people... There's floods. There are floods locally. Oh, no, now I'm worried about flood water. But if I never read that news, I wouldn't be worried about flood water. Yes, it's still a concern, but I don't know it is. So, yes. And this is maybe probably off-topic from what you were going for to begin with, but this is part of why I don't read the news. Things like COVID in the last two years, 100% worth knowing you know what's happening so that you can self help save other people yeah, but like but, re reporting the numbers like a sports statistic though well sure like i'm not talking about the details right yeah but just at a high level and we can dive into details if we want but just at a high level mm. it's worth knowing that there is a pandemic let's say so that you can just be more careful avoid germs and also avoid spreading them but a lot of people seem to say Things like 2015 was a shit year for me because... Well, 2016 because Trump got elected. Look, definitely, he's a fucker and he does a lot of wrong things. But he's in a different country. And yes, maybe we're lucky and fortunate to be saying this little one as directly affected by him. But it has no influence on our lives. And people often seem to base their mood on things that are so far away. I see you. Yeah, 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 I got a point. People who want it to be an effect on their lives and make it their, like, not their personality, but, like, it's a kind of, like an interest, like, a defining interest of them. Yeah. Then it affects their lives. But then again, the people who complain that it is, but make it their own, I guess, business. So, like, oh, this thing halfway across the world, it's, uh, it's really brought down my year. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, you're letting it affect you. Exactly, yeah. 100%. And yeah, mum gets very easily affected by that, for example. And every time I tell her 
to maybe try not looking at the news for a week. She agrees, but she just does it, I guess, out of habit. Yeah. Well, look, it does pay to be informed sometimes, and it also doesn't help to be too informed. I guess it's just... With the digital age of media, it's really hard to be be neglectful unless that's how you are as a person. (laughs) Uh, But the information is out there. People can debate about whether it's a detriment, I guess, to how we live it sounded it sounded like oh, we're we're intellectuals now in our armchairs we are armchair experts on people and news but it's just it's interesting to, to talk about it yeah see, like unpack the different kind of elements yeah. of and obviously we're qualified as comedians to talk about exactly the world Dude, i got a, i got a certification and everything like yeah, yeah, yeah we have a certificate which uh which says yes we can talk about whatever we want and uh well, look, we've, we've reached the hour point. Uh, is there any final word you want to say, get in, and we'll uh, wrap it up because I know things are happening outside that door and we've got to address that, but off camera. Uh, yeah, can't say anything specific. I think just overall, we've if I think about this almost like coding, we've opened up a lot of parentheses in terms of conversations that we have yet to actually come back oh, to. Oh, yeah, dude, we've got notes to add so, on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's very much like more exploring ideas rather than diving too deep into any of them. Yes. Which is fascinating though, because the ideas are exciting and I feel like now I'd be excited to, for some of them at least, come back and try to close that parenthesis. Fantastic. Yeah, good. Because we've got, yeah. there's a lot of drug stories left. Ooh, yeah, oh, dude, more we, on your we part. We haven't even started. Like, oh, no, dude. Like one of the guys that I have on, uh, Sheldon, he's, I, we just we smoked up and I just <laughs> let him the podcast or? yes well outside the okay, not on camera yeah, not on camera right, right, right. Uh, and we just just let him go for it and just I sat so here good. listening just for an, an hour for the last bit and he just was going into his life story and it's very interesting and that's, that's what got the most mainstream to like isolating a clip from that and sending it out I'll show you after the podcast so I don't have to like, the flex statistics on my own show. If people are watching here, they definitely... Oh, is that the one you showed me that went super... Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. super viral. Yes, I am a big deal. You oh. are. I'm, I'm yeah. honored to be on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, in a year's time, it'll be a good investment when you're like... When, if you're... Because I know you're better at stand-up than I am. Like, that's not a question. I'll admit it. And when you go, oh, no, I did this podcast. If the podcast is way more successful, we've got that overlap of talents because we are we're superstars dude next year i can say on stage guys i know barnsey i know this fucking dude that's right hey we worked together multiple times (laughs) we are professional fuck it we should it's time to close the podcast that's it the podcast is over we're done go home you got better things to do thanks for coming and that's it the podcast is over genuine thanks for having me man